Welcome back to another episode of Toys on Tap. Happy freaking New Year. Thank you so much for all the support over the past year. It's been amazing. I've loved doing this podcast. We're starting off the new year super strong with Weston Harris Design, who brings his engineering background and slams it into the toy world. If you want to get more of Toys on Tap in 2023, don't forget to follow us on all socials at Toys on Tap. You can jump on the Patreon. We're going to add some new stuff and work with the tiers a little bit this year. Also, jump on like subscribe wherever you get podcasts now listen to this episode of toys on tap what's up man Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Sorry I messed up with the time zone thing this morning. I saw it right as you messaged me. No worries, dude. It, it happens more often than I'd like to admit that I mess up time zone stuff. <laughs> There's been a, a couple times I've talked to people in other countries and it's like, yeah, yeah, let's meet at 8 a.m. And I won't say my time or their time. And it's just everything. It's screwed up. But hey, I'm glad we're here. You made it. Yeah. I don't know if you've uh, heard of Toys on Tap or like anything, but it is uh, a podcast just for toy makers. And so I bring on toy makers and interview them. And the beauty of the podcast is that I get to find new toy makers all the time. And I stumbled across your account and I was like, awesome. This is it. This is what I like to see. And so I'm stoked that you're on. Do you want to take a second, introduce yourself and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm Weston Harris and Weston Harris design is kind of my creative catch-all brand for all the, the toys and, and 3D modeling and all sorts of other stuff that I love making. Dude, how long have you been... I mean, we'll we'll jump back and forth for a little bit, but how long have you been making toys? Because it seems, uh, I think, since August you've been posting, so it seems really new. Yeah, so August is when I started Weston Harris Design Instagram account, uh, but I've been, I, I started really making toys, I think, at the beginning of 2021. Uh, so almost coming up on on two years now, but I just really didn't decide to kind of split that off from my my personal account until pretty recently. I I have to say, Weston Harris Design looks like the most prestigious law firm or something, and like the <laughs> logo is so clean. It, like if I were to put it next to some of the other toy people logos, yours would stick out as like the corporation that owns all of them. That's what it feels like. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, so let's, let's walk it back. Um, sure. At some point you just like every kid starts with the love of toys and that's what kind of like breathes life into our creating. Tell me about uh, growing up and the toy lines that you collected or play with and all those things. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I was, I've been a lifelong Lego kid. I think that was really the, the first toy that I vividly remember playing and building with. Um, 
And, you know, I, I had some, like some Star Wars figures, some Transformers and Power Rangers stuff when I was young too. Um, and, you know, loved smashing action figures together with my brothers and, you know, playing. Um, but yeah, Lego was kind of, that, that was the, the key play experience for me. And uh, when, when they started their Bionicle line, that really opened my eyes to, you know, not just creating something that looks cool, but kind of building a character and, and a story around, uh, you know, around what you're making. Yeah, the Bionicle line was so interesting because it came in those like weird tubes or the weird bags. And I, I don't remember, uh, I remember like the putting on the weird masks and stuff. And like, uh, I remember playing with it and thinking like, man, how does this thing even talk? It has no vocal cords, no nothing. But I, yeah. I, I loved Bionicle series. That was, I think, a really, really innovative series and extension of, of Legos. And like, yeah, they, you know, they cared about everything down to the packaging that it came in. And I, I don't think there's been another building toy like that since Bionicle ended. Yeah. When I was little, um, I did love Legos a lot. And you said Bionicle. So that puts you like really late eighties, early nineties kid, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a nineties kid. Okay. Okay. Um, I, and I remember having a bunch of Legos and different Lego sets and I just remember my mom stepping on a couple and being like furious, uh, which is so funny because now looking back, it's like, well, sucks to suck. Like you shouldn't have stepped on the Lego. It's whatever. Um, so like, so it seems like you stuck more in the building. What kind of kept you in the building side rather than like full bore into the action figures as a kid? Um, I, I think the... The, the building and having those distinct pieces, um, especially the more kind of specifically shaped ones that came with Bionicles, really, it just, it gave me a, a bunch of different, I don't know, paintbrushes, I guess, to kind of create my own characters and kind of build my own little Bionicle universe. Um, yeah with action figures, you know, they, they've kind of got a story behind them. They come from something already. Uh, and, you know, at that time I, I didn't even think about like, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll buy this Luke Skywalker figure and take his legs off and, you know, put him on C-3PO. That would be kind of funny. Yeah. Is that something that you, so, I mean, um, the idea that you are called Weston Harris design there's some other element there other than toy making. I'm really interested in that design piece. What is, are you like an artist by trade? Like what is that design piece? My background is in industrial design, which an easier way to describe it would be product design or the design of everyday things. Um, and Weston Harris design was something I kind of, I soft started it a couple of years ago just to make myself more available uh, as, as a freelance designer. Um, you know, going through college, I, I really grasped onto 3D modeling. Like that 
that is my jam. I, I love 3D modeling stuff. Um, and it's not a skill that many people really realizes it, you know, how, how crucial a role it is in designing something. Um, and so I, you know, I had a couple of freelance jobs kind of trickle in. Um, but I really just, I, I knew like I, I wanted to offer my skills to other people and help them realize, you know, their ideas or products, uh, get something 3D printed or modeled um, and just, yeah, make, make myself available to, the, uh, to more people. Industrial design sounds super intense. So <laughs> does that, uh, I mean, my brain is trying to get a grip on that. Does that go all the way from like buildings and that kind of stuff all the way down to like, toys and what we do uh industrial design is more so that that would be i think architecture and industrial design are sort of parallel mm -hmm. in some aspects but architecture would be more buildings and and structures industrial design is more about you know if you look around your room and all of the stuff you have on your desk you know, chances are an industrial designer uh, created concept sketches for that, did user research to find out what current trends are, what people like, uh, created mock-ups to test everything, did the 3D model, and communicated with engineers on how to make the thing real. Dope. And you, so you go to school for this, I'm assuming, yeah. uh, and like plug away for four years and at the end of that you figure out I also want to make toys like how long like at what point did you decide like yeah toys are something that I could fit into this I I still didn't really know I, I didn't fully understand what industrial design was about even you know a year or two after school but I knew like the 3d modeling thing was something I wanted to continue uh, and I, I actually, my college thesis, I did on uh, an exploration of 3D printable toys, uh, which is something I think would be fun to circle back to eventually with all the, the knowledge that I've gained since then about 3D printing and just how to design a toy better too. Um, but after that, the, my, my focus on toys kind of fell off a little bit, um, you know, through, through college, I, I switched over from Bionicle to building Gundam model kits. Yeah. Uh, so I was still, you know, building and, and customizing those. So there, there's always kind of been toys in the background. Um, but it wasn't really until you know, a, a year into the pandemic that I started thinking, like, I kind of want to, you know, I, I want to start making some toys and just see what happens. Yeah. Gundam model kits are intense. Like I, so when you, um, I've only heard a couple other people on this podcast that have built them and um, like, man, customized them and done whatever. When you say you did it, did it like just a couple, how many are we talking that you ended up building? Do you have like massive shelves of them? Yeah. I mean, Oh, here we go. I, Camera I've turn. Got my, my home office is 
is decorated with them. Yeah. I, I would say over a hundred. Yeah. For sure. Um, some of those I've, you know, given away or just used parts to customize other kits. Um, but I've, I've slowed down a lot on them now and now I'm just trying to find kind of my, my grail kits from, you know, certain series or, uh, that were, that I know were designed by a certain mecha designer. Yeah. So you, the way that you said that makes me think of like, um, like you're, you're collecting these mechs based off of the crazy designers that are behind them. That's intense. So like, is that, do you, does that like stem from your industrial design background that you have more of an appreciation for that? Cause I like, when we look at toys, usually it's like, Oh, I like this line. Sometimes I care about who sculpted it, but most of the time not a care in the world. Yeah. I, when I started, I think I was a much more shotgun blast kind of collector where if I liked a particular Gundam series, I would pick out all of my favorite kits from that series and just slowly accumulate them and, and build them. Um, but I, I think now that I'm, I've been able to identify some, some strong designers that I know I, I consistently like the work that they've, they've done and the contribute contributions that they made. Like I, I, I would like to, I, I kind of think of it like I, I, I want to surround myself as much as possible by what inspires me. Yeah. Um, and there are certain designers that do that. Yeah. And you got to have such a crate. Like, I don't even know what goes into designing something like a Gundam and all of that stuff. And uh, I mean, I've never had to build one. Um, is it like the old school model kits where it comes on those like trays, you got to clip them off and glue them all together. Yeah. Yep. They, they come on those big, big sheets of sprues and yeah, you got to clip them off and clean them up and they give you stickers and you can paint them too. They're it's, it's a lot of fun. Holy moly. So you said that toys are always in the background for your life at like, there's a, a jump that we made there where Bionicle, when you're a kid, Gundam, when you're older, do you kind of take a break from toys as you get to that in-between area? Or is there still something going on in the background? I think there was, I mean, I think Legos have, yeah. have kind of always been, um, even when I didn't feel like I was really into any particular toy line, I, I've always had you know, a box of Lego bricks somewhere in my house or in my room that I know I can just, you know, pull out and slap something together. Oh, dude, I, you always hear about these things uh, called like pocket toys. Have you ever heard that phrase? No, I haven't. It's like a, a random toy that someone carries around in their pocket. Hmm. I like, I don't know. I, I had it when I was a kid and there's, I've heard other people have had it. Um, and the way that you talk about Legos is how I always felt about the pocket toy. Like I always had something where I was like, oh, I could just pull this out and play with it anywhere. 
but yeah, that's, I think it's cool that you had that love for the, do you still have all your Legos from growing up? Uh, I still have a lot of them. I yeah. I've donated a good amount to, you know, younger family, friends and cousins and stuff. But I mean, like even on my desk now, I, I went to, uh, you know, like a, a little a, a Lego convention earlier this year, just because I happened to be in the area. And I, I left there being like, man, I, I got to get a new Lego set. I got to see what, you know, what those Lego designers have been up to. There is, I work with uh, teenagers and I have this uh, one kid in the group that I work with that collects the massive Star Wars ones. Yeah, those are sweet. And just builds them nonstop. And then uh, he just got the Titanic. And it was like, that is like, uh, his family, of course, has like however much money you need to do all these things. (laughs) But the Titanic, it was, he was describing it's however many thousand pieces. For me, it always, like, it was fun building the like spaceships or like the little Mm -hmm. things. When you get to like 12,000 pieces, does that fun that fun for me loses itself does it stick around for you where you're still like yeah let's do this Ooh, that's that's a tough one it's i mean it's been a long time since i built a lego set that huge yeah um but i i think as as challenging or as daunting as it can be to you know dump out all the boxes on the floor and then realize like okay this is 10 pounds of plastic that's going to turn into a Millennium Falcon over the next however many days. Yeah. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! It's, it's cool uh, how they break down the instructions and you end up building kind of one plate at a time. So you start to see those details coming together and it doesn't look like much at first, but you know, as, as you're kind of slapping those big sections on, you know, you build the thrusters, you put the dome or the radar dish on. It's like, yeah, this looks like something from star Wars now. Yeah, I know. Like, as I was building it, I remember building sets all the time where it was like, you get to a point where you're like, "Ah, I want to just stop, but there's (laughs) something in the back of your head. that's like, no, no, you can't do it yet. Um, I, I all those like the giant sets they come in bags and stuff. And there's this TikTok uh creator that a couple of his videos he's taken all the bags and just emptied them into a giant box and just swirled it up. And he's like, Let's do this. Oh man. Yeah. Like my nightmare. Yeah, that's that's a little too much anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you and what's so I love that you did that and like you have that passion for Legos because that's like a rigid building style. But then when we get to your toys, there's something that uh it feels I think I asked about the building stuff earlier because your toys feel 
and I don't know if this is the right phrase, like architectural almost. Like there's a softness to the corners there. Like it's a flow um, and it feels different than if you would find someone that like loves Legos like you do. And so tell, let's start breaking down like the beginnings of your creations of toys. Uh, you, you start uh, 2021-ish. Um, what does that look like to start the process of toys for you? Um, so to start designing something, uh, it they'll usually come from, you know, just like a random little sketch for some idea that will pop into my head. You know, it's, it's really a lot of my toy ideas have been pretty unprompted. Yeah. And I'll just be looking at something and be like, hey, wait a second this would look cool if I kind of took this silhouette and these shapes and kind of smash them together in this different way. I got to write this down. Yeah. Um, and as you know, from, from those little sketches, I'll usually just jump right into 3d modeling. Cause that's just, I'm as soon as it's on paper, I'm already trying to build it in, in 3d in my head. Um, and then as that gets translated into the 3D model, I kind of will make revisions and changes based on how uh, how the shapes are coming together. And, you know, if I can actually build all of the, the surfaces and kind of create that, that nice flow properly. Yeah. The one that makes me, that I think of immediately, I think its name is Emmett. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this. Describe it for me. It, it feels just like this monster with no face almost. Like it has little lines and just is this hulking thing. Describe Emmett for me where that concept comes from. Yeah. So Emmett is uh, kind of my take on a golem, uh, but a specific golem that comes from a, uh, a, a Jewish myth, folklore uh, called the, the, the story is called the, the Golem of Prague. Um, and, you know, so there, there are sculptures of it in Prague. It's a, a reasonably well-known Jewish icon that's meant to be a, a protector against, you know, anti-Semitism and, and hate. Uh, you know, the, the legend goes that there was a, a rabbi living in Prague in like, I think it was the 1500s. And there were some, you know, Roman crusaders who were, you know, Catholic or practiced some other form of, of Christianity and wanted to, you know, get rid of them because they were in the wrong religion. And so this rabbi went down to a river and, and sculpted this golem out of the clay uh, from the riverside and imbued it with life and asked it to protect the the truth of of his of his people and so it defended his village against the romans um, that, and i just i think that that's uh a, an inspiring and kind of a, a cool story i you know in incorporating sort of that positive element of you know, everybody deserves to uh, to live their own truth without prejudice. Yeah. And, you know, also kind of this 
fantastical, magical creature. And that's sort of the roots of, of where it began. That is an intense story behind a toy. Like, I love that that is behind Emmett. Um, wow. Yeah. And Emmett looks, it looks incredible. I don't know if a lot of people told you, they should tell you, Emmett came out great. Um, and then you have uh, a couple more figures that like draw so much of my attention. Like you have the one, um, I, I didn't see a name for it. It's like, it's like its head is like a ring and there's a piece, like a hollow piece in there. What's the name of this one? Yeah, so that's that's my first toy. Uh, that one is called Daydreamer. Okay. And is there a uh, like a weird metaphorical thing of like there's vacant headspace? That's why it's called the Daydreamer. That's that that is uh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the message behind it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've been uh, very into meditating and kind of some other loosely spiritual things um and so to me daydreamer started as kind of my my understanding of what meditation is you know meant to do in air quotes uh which is to allow you know the thoughts that are constantly running through your head to just pass right through without being attached to them because that's when real real clarity comes through and you can really be fully present and 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 enjoy what's in front of you god dang it you make toys so deep dude (laughs) (laughs) um and then you have a space space space-ish toy thursday night 7 p.m youtube live it's toys Toys alive toys alive toys alive toys alive there's way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Radical. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current and upcoming shows and drops. Right. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. News from the hood. Yes. 100% indie all the time. That's, That's Toys, Toys Live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. Like, I love space-themed anything, and so... Uh, I think I I had messaged you about it because it just looked cool. And um, tell me the deep meaning behind this one, or maybe this one breaks that cycle. The these ones I think are gonna uh, are gonna break that mold a little bit. Yeah. Um, so these are. Do you have them right next to you? I, I've got awesome. yeah, I've got some like little. Uh, oh, I think these so are good. like forty percent scale prints of them. Yeah, they look great. Thank you. Yeah, these these guys I'm I'm calling crystallians. Okay. Crystallians. I don't know. I still don't know how to pronounce it yet. Um, but you know, some of the 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 dump molds that I've created while working on Daydreamer and Emmett were just crystals from my collection that I thought this might be cool to just make a mold of and maybe I'll use it for something someday. Um and so my my thinking behind that is now I've you know I've got this this pile of colorful resin crystals that are just sitting in a drawer and I thought it would be kind of neat to kind of create this world where you know maybe like crystals are like sentient beings and they're able to create their own little 
like funky spacesuits and kind of get out and, and explore the world. God, they, and it like, they came out great. Is there a, some kind of like a backstory that you're going to be building into these characters and like a whole life and way about them, or are you just going to leave them for what they are? I, I think I would like to do some world building for them. Um, I have another crystal inspired character that, uh, I, I think it it took a lot of inspiration from um, I'm, I'm trying to think who uh, I think uh, Mira, if, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that toy, I don't remember the Instagram handle, but kind of that like a, a humanoid looking figure, but then this weird like kind of techie helmet uh, and kind of celebrating a little bit of the streetwear look. Um, so I, I have, I, I'd like for kind of this first pass of Crystallians to set the tone for that universe and eventually build up to, uh, you know, to to doing characters that that, that break the mold of, of this first wave too. Yeah, um, I I don't know if because uh, I haven't ever held an Emmet, which I do want to find out how to get an Emmet in my hand. Um, do any of them have articulation? They're I'm I'm not uh, not quite brave enough to take on articulation yet. Okay. Um, I I've seen people do some really cool stuff with the glios system. Uh, that was a, a recent discovery to me, but I I think if uh, if I do articulated figures, I'd probably want to play with that just to make it easier. Yeah. I always wonder, cause I like, there's something about a toy that like playing with it, it doesn't move. There's something that feels good about that as well. Um, though like NECA has, those toys have like 30, 40 points of articulation sometimes. It's like, that's cool. But it takes the, like if I was going to play with it, it took the imagination right away from me. Um, and I think that I, that's what interests me about uh, the daydreamer or about Emmett because they're so stationary and you build the story around it instead of it already having it and so um, that's I love that I love that uh, do you have any idea for the I'm the crystallians I'm really interested in that um, as you go forward with that do you have things in mind of what you're trying to achieve with that whole line do you know how big the line is? Do you have details on that line? Anything like that? I I have no clue yet. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, I, uh, I have pages and pages of ideas of, of toys that I know I eventually want to do. Yeah. I know if I don't tell myself to stick to a schedule, I'm going to start like 12 of them. Yeah. And it's going to be <laughs> years before I finish one. Yeah. Um, so right now I'm, I'm just working on getting these first two polished up and understanding the process, uh, cause they're, they're going to include some, some new techniques that I've never tried before. Um, but I mean, I think as ideally, as long as I can keep finding cool crystals to 
to make silicone molds of, I'm going to keep designing cool little spacesuits for them. Yeah. Which is that that's so cool that that's how that happens. Um, I do have an, uh, a question about, cause they all have this like glass ish helmet looking thing. Yeah. Um, as it goes on for future mm -hmm. things, do you, is this going to be like a double cast system that you're working with where that is clear and the rest of the body is whatever color? That's what I'm leaning toward right now. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, and that's, you know, a, a the technique I've never done before is kind of getting the the crystal to sit inside the, the helmet, pour that clear, and then put that whole helmet assembly into the actual body mold and pour the body around it yeah double cat oh so that's like <laughs> a a cast within a cast within a cast that's a yeah. triple cast man um which is dope i mean to already be working at that kind of a level and trying to figure out that technique uh but only be about a uh, two years into this you said um yeah is crazy and so i'm i'm here for it i'm i'm stoked um do you as you are making these styles of toys and you have the background of lego and uh, bionicle and the love for gundam how do you think that those background and those toys kind of like um influence what you're making now um, I, I think at least with, with Lego bricks, I got to a point of building where I tried, I I'm more interested in, in learning some of those crazy advanced building techniques, like trying to keep the, you know, if I'm building a spaceship, trying yeah. to keep the outside of it, have absolutely, you know, no studs on it and just super smooth. Um, and I think, that 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 definitely plays into it. Um, I think a lot of my my resin toys are more just my uh, industrial designer part of my brain at work, thinking you know how can I create this this super clean. I I sort of think of them almost more as as sculptures since they aren't articulated at this point. Yeah. Um, of how I can create this you know really like smooth and and nicely modeled surface or. Um, this nicely modeled sculpture that has these these playful toy-like elements yeah that's so good that i think what interests me most in your work um and why i've looked at it and stuff is there's such um it feels like there's meaning behind it and there's a care to different aspects of it um i think that there is a tendency sometimes um, which I do constantly. I'll just make something and it's like, oh, there it is. Uh, but there wasn't thought and there wasn't like anything behind it. Um, it's only up until recently that I've started doing that. And so to see other toy makers doing that and even a newer toy maker doing that isn't, I love to see that. So I'm excited to see like what comes next. How often um, do you produce all these toys to like, do you plan on making stores to like get them out to people um, looking at conventions? What does that look like for you? So far, it's just been 
sales through Etsy and, you know, if family or friends see that I'm releasing a color they like, they'll just message me separately and be like, yo, put one aside for me. Yeah. Um, I, I would start, I would like to start doing conventions, um, in 2023, even just as a way to actually meet some of the people that I've connected with, uh, yeah. since I started doing this, cause man, there, there are some like for as, I think, it, you know, as, uh, as much as I feel like I, I put myself into these toys, there are some people in the community that are like, they, they're truly living and breathing toy making. Yeah. There, yeah. There's when you go to those uh, conventions like designer con and you get to hang out with um, there's this, I don't know, an alley or, or they call it like resin alley or whatever. Um, and all the toy makers gather there they're like having booths and you talk to them all it the the passion the love for these toys is crazy um and then the the supportiveness of the community is insane of course there's everyone every community has the weird ones but like that for the most part this community is super compassionate super like supportive and so i'm i'm glad that you're jumping into that when you say like doing conventions are you talking about ones like Designer Con or are there other ones that you have in mind that you want to get to? What is this master? Deep in the darkest corners of our digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has been collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. Learn more on Instagram. <laughs> Join Making a Mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. I, I still need to familiarize myself with kind of the the, the key toy maker conventions that happen but yeah i think if i could make it to you know one or two of them next year that would be uh, a, a good start yeah that's a solid start awesome yeah. um i'm stoked to see uh where you're headed um as we already have come to this like end of the podcast the last part is just about plugging all of your work where they can find it what you do if you offer any other services to people, all those things. So this is the last part just for you plugging away all that stuff. I'm pretty much just on Instagram right now at Weston Harris design, but it's just WSTN. Um, and uh, I've, I've got a link tree that'll take you everywhere else you could possibly want to go. Um, and if if you do have a, a toy in mind or something in mind that you need 3D modeling help or you need a you know a render done or smaller 3D print, uh, feel free to you know DM me. We can figure out if uh, if that's something I can help with. Heck yeah, dude! Thank you so much for coming on and making it work through my snafu with. <laughs> time travel or time stuff and uh 
and everything. But thank you so much. I'm I'm stoked that you're on and I'm stoked that you're a part of the toy community. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here and very grateful to be part of the community. Finally, a reason to go back to the office. Introducing 9 to 5 Warriors, an exciting new toy line created for the Toys R Us kid that never grew up. Offering 10 unique characters that are perfect for your cubicle or home office. The 9 to 5 Warriors are available through Big Bad Toy Store. Join the battle alongside Major Eraser and the Water Cooler Commandos as they keep the peace. Or wreak havoc with Colonel Custard and the Break Room Bandits. Choose your side as these two forces clash over total office domination. Every day from to five. Warning, do not leave unattended. Each figure sold separately. When you punch out, they come punching in.